0: Well, happy Sunday, Waterview Church. So great to see all of you here today, and you're in the right place. We just sang about wanting a touch from heaven, and Waterview is a place where we come and we receive a touch from heaven. My name is Jason Bentley. I serve as the lead pastor, and I am thrilled, beyond grateful, that you're here with us today. And last week, we started a new series called Faces of Faith. We're taking some time at the beginning of the summer to talk about what is probably the most important thing there is to talk about when we gather at church, and that is faith. But before I do that, I want to just remind you that we are kicking off our summer small group semester, and that kind of goes hand in hand, faith and small groups, because when you get around right people, when you get around people that are faith-filled, it helps to build your faith. So for the next six weeks, it's a, it's a shorter semester than usual, but for the next six or seven weeks or so, we're going to be meeting in some different small groups. So I want to encourage you to go to our website. Also go to the Waterview app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, I'd encourage you to do that. It's a free resource. There's a lot of different things that you can do. Find out about different events that we have coming up, but One of the big things that you can do there is go through our small group directory and just kind of see what we've got going this summer and join one. Sign up for one. We're going to next Sunday give the people next week one last opportunity to join and then we're going to dive right in. So it's going to be worth your time. We're going to have a good time this summer hanging out, connecting, and building our faith. So that's what we're talking about today is faith. So if you have the app and you want to open up our digital worship guide, you can follow along with us there. But I want to direct your attention to Daniel chapter number three, and it's a passage that you're probably familiar with if you've been in and around church at all or around people of faith at all. You've probably heard this narrative reference. Daniel chapter number three, though, is where we're going to focus today, Daniel three, and I'm just going to kind of read through the narrative so that we'll have some context to what we're going to be talking about. It says this, King Nebuchadnezzar built a gold statue 90 feet high and 9 feet thick. He set it up on the Dura plain in the province of Babylon. A herald then proclaimed in a loud voice, Attention everyone, every race, color, and creed listen When you hear the band strike up, fall to your knees and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Anyone who does not kneel and worship shall be thrown immediately into a roaring furnace. Some Babylonian fortune tellers stepped up and they accused the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, there are some Jews here, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, whom you have placed in high positions In the province of Babylon, these men are ignoring you, O king. They don't respect your gods, and they won't worship the gold statue that you set up. Furious, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought in. And when the men were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar asked, "Is Is it true, boys, that if you don't worship it, you're going to be pitched into a roaring furnace? No questions asked. Who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they answered King Nebuchadnezzar, Your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace, and anything else you might cook up, O king. But even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of difference Nebuchadnezzar, his face purple with anger, cut off Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then they were bound hand and foot, fully dressed from head to toe, and pitched into the roaring fire. And because the king was in such a hurry, and the furnace was so hot, flames from the furnace killed the men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to it, while the fire raged around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But look, he said, I see four men walking around freely in the fire, completely unharmed, and the fourth man looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar went to the door of the roaring furnace, and he called in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the high God, come out here. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked out of the fire. We're going to continue our series, The Faces of Faith, today, talking a little bit about having faith in the furnace. Having faith in the furnace. You know, the Bible says this about faith. It says that we who are the children of God, that we are to live by faith. The just will live by faith. It also says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith is a really, really big deal. I mean, we receive the best of heaven. We receive salvation our justification. We reconcile with the Father through faith. It is by grace through faith. Faith is absolutely everything. And I have seen in my own life with my own family and others that you can lose just about everything in your life. But if you have faith, you have something strong enough to stand on and something reliable enough to continue with. Faith is everything, but I think it's one of those things that we can just kind of overlook. It's one of those themes we've, we, we've heard enough about, or perhaps that is constantly playing so much, subdued in the background, that we don't take enough time to really focus on it or to talk about it, but... The reality of the matter is faith has a lot of different faces, a lot of different aspects to it. We we can't look at faith through some one-dimensional lens. I think a lot of us fall into the trap of thinking that faith is a feeling, that if we aren't feeling goosebumps, if we're just not feeling it, then perhaps we've lost our faith. But faith is not a feeling. There's... There's so many different aspects to faith, and today we're we're focusing specifically on faith in the furnace because every single one of us, we're going to, to face some similar things that these guys that we read about in Daniel chapter 3 face. Now, we at this point in time aren't facing actual physical harm for our faith but we can definitely be thrown into, put into, we can walk into some very difficult places and have our faith tested and challenged. In fact, maybe there's even some people today who are feeling as though their faith is being tested. Our faith corporately as a church, no doubt, is being challenged in the world that we live in. And I think It's good right here at the beginning of the summer because I love summer and I'm all excited about summer. Let me rephrase. There is a part of me that loves summer, that's excited about summer, and then there's another part of me, unashamedly, the pastor part of me that absolutely dreads summer, that does not look forward to summer, but... Still, the pastor side of me wishes that I know you're not going to be here every week, but I do hope that you enjoy summer. But I think at the beginning of summer that's filled with trips and distractions and all of those things, that we be reminded of the importance and the power of our faith. It's vital when it comes to faith to do a faith checkup, to kind of see where we are, to see what's flowing from our life how we respond to things that are happening in our life, the the frame of mind that we are in. Because hear me today, you and I, we are emotionally contagious 100% of the time. You are contagious. In every situation, with every person, You're contagious. People are going to catch from you. Your spouse, your children, your co-workers, your neighbors, the people that you run into where you're shopping. They're going to catch from you what you have. And our prayer as as the children of God, as followers of Jesus, that they're going to catch that we are faith-filled. But we're contagious. And that's One of the reasons why the psalmist wrote these very powerful words, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So today, as we start taking some inventory of how contagious we really are, what kind of atmosphere is permeating your life, is it one of faith or is it one of fear? Is it one of faith or is it one of frustration? Is it all about faith or is it about you trying to take control and remain in control? Because the bottom line is that we are always going to be in some kind of a furnace. We're either going to be coming out of a furnace, going into a furnace, but we're going to always be in some kind of situation that is undesirable, whether we're talking about culture and cultural trends and the way that the world is just rapidly going further and further and further away from God or we're talking about our own individual lives. We're always going to be in some kind of furnace and understand this as we look specifically at these three very faith-filled boys Shadrach Meshach and Abednego they were in the furnace before the fire ever even started you see the king and the and the government and the prevailing culture of that day was completely anti their core values completely anti their belief system completely anti their worldview, and it kept escalating and increasing and the pressure kept dialing up until there was an announcement made that everybody had to regardless of your past regardless of where you came from Because that was the unique thing about Babylon. Babylon invaded. It was a world superpower. It invaded others and assimilated them into their culture, their way of life, their belief system, and imposed it on them. So here we have God's people who believe in the one true God, who who have a completely different outlook on things than the rest of the world, a different a different heart, a different attitude, a different way of of living. Here we have them brought into a hostile culture, hostile towards the way that they did the things that they did. And now they're being told by the powers that be, you have to conform to who we are and to what we do. They were in a furnace long before they were ever put into a fire. A golden statue is built, and they are told, you've got to worship this statue. If you do not comply with our agenda, with our desires for you and for your family, then you're going to face the consequences. So here they are, these men, and there were hundreds of thousands of others just like them that believed differently, felt differently, they're now in the furnace of mounting fear and anxieties. Hey, we're, we're just a part of the culture. We're trying to go to work. We're trying to make a living, trying to mind our own business, trying to provide for our families, trying to just make our lives matter But now we see how things have shifted. It's to a point where every day we are walking and living in uncertainty. So they're in the furnace of mounting fear and anxiety. They've got this ever increasing pressure to give in to what they know is not right. They are losing control. So imagine... They've got this pressure of the loss of control, the total loss of control. We can't worship God in the way that we want to worship God. We can't raise up our kids the way we want to raise them up because we've lost control. Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian empire, they're telling us how it's supposed to be. Of course, there is the furnace of negative societal changes. And so they are in a position where they've got to make a decision. They're going to respond in one of two ways. They are either going to bow down or they are going to stand tall. And that's what it's all about. You're going to bow down or you're going to stand tall. Now, think about this with me. As I was describing. What played out thousands of years ago in these boys' lives, it sounds quite relevant to where we all are today, does it not? It sounds just like what's playing out right here in the 21st century. What we're going through, what we're facing, it's it's not new. We don't need to panic. But here's the reality of the matter. God's people are going to always have to make the decision as to whether or not we're going to bow down or we're going to stand tall. And what helps us make that decision, what is ultimately going to to set up the direction that we're going to move in is our faith. It's our faith. And in this day and age, This decision, am I going to bow down or am I going to stand tall? It's not necessarily bowing down to false gods. But we're going to constantly have this opportunity to to choose to bow down to the mounting pressure that we all feel to give in to fear, to give in to self-preservation, to give in to... Forgetting about caring for others and just making it just about yourself. Bowing down to and giving into to the, the loss of control. Because there's different things that are going to happen in your life that, that's going to try to get you to, to bow down, to just give in, to give up, to lose your mind, to turn inwardly to shrink back, to pull back. And fear and anxiety, these things that that are normal, they're a part of our, our human experience, they're normal. But hear me today, those things, they do not necessarily come from thinking about the future, but they do come from wanting to control the future. anxiety, the anxiety that so many of us have dealt with, that are dealing with even now, anxiety and fear, this lack of peace that is just so pervasive in our society, that does not, to give in to that, having all of that, it doesn't remove tomorrow's suffering. It only removes today's strength. So what if we decide we're going to be people of faith? And if the choice is bow down or stand tall, we're going to be people of faith. And what if we started praying about things and really leaning into God like never before instead of worrying about it? Do you know that there, are, there is clinical research, empirical data that shows that prayer boosts our immune system and enhances our individual happiness, while worry weakens our immune system and is a major source of unhappiness? So if we're going to stand tall in today's culture, stand tall in in the face of what we're individually facing, we've got to fuel our faith, and we've got to starve our fear. And here's how we do it. Number one, you've got to fan your faith into flames before you ever get into the fire. You've got to fan your faith into flames before you ever get into the fire. The Apostle Paul writes to his, his protege, his, his young mentee named Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter number 1. It's really interesting the language that he uses as he's talking to a young believer that's growing in his faith, strengthening his faith that is transforming into a next generation Christian leader. Paul says this to Timothy. He says, I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. And this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Now, there's some background context that we need to understand because Paul, Paul, according to the great apostle Paul in Romans chapter number 12, God has given all of us the gift of a measure of faith. For example, you may be sitting here today thinking, he's talking about faith and I'm thinking about my life, bowing down, standing tall, oof, man, I've not done so well. Maybe I don't have faith, but here's the thing. Paul says, and if you're here today, it's true of you, that God has given all of us, the gift of a measure of faith, a measure. I don't know how big the measure is. If it's a cup, a pinch, a dash, a tablespoon, I have no idea. He just says he's given us a measure of faith. But here in 2 Timothy, he then instructs us to fan that gift. To fan that faith, fan that spark, fan that that flame, to fan it into flames. So the thing about faith is this, God may give it and God does give it, but we have to fan it. We have to stir it up. And what our faith becomes again we're gonna face challenges we're gonna face storms we're gonna face difficulties but what our faith becomes because God's given us the gift of a measure of faith but because we are supposed to stir it up and fan it into flames and bring it to a boil and bring it to a roaring blaze what our faith becomes isn't dependent on the gift giver which is God what our faith ultimately becomes, what it ultimately looks like, it's not, it's not in regards to the gift giver, not dependent on him, but rather the gift fanner. And I think a lot of times in our lives, we want God to give us this just supernatural amount or dose of faith, or if we see that in others, we think, man, I'd love to have that. I'm, I'm jealous of that, but the reality of the matter is we've all been given the measure of faith. Whether or not your spark turns into a bonfire is dependent on whether or not we are willing to fan and to stir up that faith that God has given to every single one of us. And the more that you and I fan and we stir up our faith, the stronger it becomes and the more it grows. You might have some faith here today. You might have that measure of faith in your life, but you've got to grow it. You've got to fan your faith into flames before you ever get into the fire. Well, how do we fan? How do we fan our faith? Well, it's about where you go. Are you inserting yourself into atmospheres that is all about building faith, strengthening faith? It's about who you hang around. Do you get around people that speak faith, embody faith, challenge your faith, build up your faith? It's about what you do. Do you just live for you or do you invest in others? Do you trust God? Are you generous? Do you serve? It's about what we do. Those things, they fan our faith into flames. Another thing that I want you to to notice today as we talk about the faces of faith is this God did not save them from the furnace, He saved them in the fire. He didn't save them from the furnace. He saved them in the fire. I am like the majority of 21st century Americans. I love comfort. So much so that I don't even go camping. Because camping, roughing it for me, is staying in a three and a half star hotel. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And so today, as I'm talking about the things we face and the stuff we go through, we're thinking, man, if I can just get enough faith. Thanks for preaching about faith, Pastor. Because if I can get enough faith, I'm going I'm to escape the furnace altogether. Yeah, I'm going to fan my faith into flames so that I don't even have to go through it. God's going to come. He's going to snatch me up. Out of every uncomfortable situation, out of every challenge, out of every adversity, and I'm just gonna kind of soar through life because I'm a Christian and I've heard that if you have enough faith, then everything's gonna be grand and rosy. We want to escape the furnace, amen? We don't wanna go through those kinds of things. We want saved from all of that because we assume a lot of different things. We assume that the furnace is the work of the enemy. We assume because we don't like the furnace that it's not the will of God. We assume that the furnace is is not for us because we're just such inherently good people. That should be for somebody else to go through, somebody that is a lot more wicked or that does a lot more naughty things than we do. No one likes it. No one likes it when we feel like all of the stimuli in our life is negative and every single factor is against us and it's all stacked up. But there are some things that we have to walk through. God did not save them from the furnace. He saved them in the fire. There are some things that you and I have to walk through. There's things that we have to deal with. So instead of, as we're talking about building our faith this summer, instead of praying, Lord, save me from the furnace. Lord, save me from ever having to go through this. Lord, save me from, from even ever having to experience it. And if I got to experience it, just make it, just make it last real short, like real quick. Like, I, 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 okay, reluctantly, I'll go along, Lord. But, hey, you're God. I'm going to go in that furnace. Five seconds, Lord. I, I, man, I love you, Lord. Thank you. Instead of praying, God... Keep me out of the furnace or let it pass real quickly. Start praying, Lord, I know you're with me in this. Where are you taking me? What are you teaching me? How are you transforming me? God, what can I learn in all of this? How can I look different on the other side of this? You can have faith in the furnace when you focus on the fact that the heat and the pressure of the furnace is not to destroy you, but it is used by the Lord. To take you somewhere that you've never been. To teach you something that you have not yet learned. And to transform you into what he died and rose again for you to ultimately become. That's what he uses the heat. That's what he uses the pressure for. Is to make us. To, to make us into what he longs for us to be. So that we have his image. We manifest his character we look like him talk like him act like him and it is also just like in daniel 3 it is also the catalyst for others to see the true jesus in you and in your situation do you realize we read the narrative together nebuchadnezzar was not a believer and not only was he not a believer, he actually mocked and spoke against the one true God. He said, "Look, I'm going to make this furnace and this fire so hot that doesn't matter who your god is, nothing good's going to come out of it. Like you're you're in big trouble here. Like what kind of a god can actually help you with what I'm getting ready to do to you?" But because God didn't save them from the furnace, instead he saved them in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar was able to see God in that furnace with them, and when he saw God was with them in the fire, and that the fire was not consuming them, and that they continued to stand tall, and they continued to have faith in that God, he was able to see their example and the God that they believed in, and he comes out of it saying, wow. This is the one true God. This is the mighty God. This is something that I need to consider. This is something that I need to pursue in my own life. Here's the last thing that I want to leave with you here today before we close. How we act and how we conduct ourselves when the pressure is applied. When we're in the furnace. Let's the world know what we really believe about our God. There are things that be, can be seen in us when you're in the furnace that can't be seen in other situations and in other circumstances of life. Like there are some other things. At play here. Some bigger picture things that we lose sight of. That God, he loves us. He's interested in our well-being. But he is also trying to save a lost world. He is trying to reach for people that are connected to your life. And the way that sometimes he can reach them. And can inspire them. And can transform their perspective is by allowing you to go through a furnace so that they can see who you really are and the God that you serve, who he really is, and then they can put their faith in what they've been able to see for themselves. It says this in 1 Peter, and I'm closing. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5, it says, And through your faith, And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials are going to show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. There is something about us having faith in the furnace when our faith remains strong through many trials that truly reveals Jesus Christ.